The last German colonial administrators left Africa more than a century ago. But borders drawn up on a Berlin conference table in 1884-1885 are still intact today and have had deadly consequences. We look at how conflicts in modern-day Cameroon, Namibia and Tanzania hark back to Europeans drawing lines on a map. This is Shadows of German Colonialism. at a map of southern Africa, there's a bizarre spear pointing to the right, below Angola and above Botswana. Following the Chobe and Zambezi rivers, Namibia, Zimbabwe and Botswana all meet up more or less at the Kazangula border post. This area, for more than 100 years, was called the Caprivi Strip, named after the German Chancellor Leo von Caprivi. And this geographical anomaly comes from a time when white men in Europe literally drew lines on a map that would shape the destinies of Africans living thousands of miles away who had no idea they were being divided into separate colonies that would one day become nations. The Caprivi Strip is still one of the weirdest looking territories on a map. It looks like a panhandle, has parallel straight lines 30 kilometers apart and traverses savanna and river systems, the biggest of which is the Zambezi River but more on that a bit later. Most national boundaries in Africa to this day stem from the 1884 Berlin Conference. European leaders, in an attempt to avoid conflict with each other, agreed to parcel out African land between themselves and declare protectorates. There was no interest taken in the people actually living there or the geography. In fact, many Europeans didn't actually know what was there, but it was about dividing up spheres of influence. There was also competition between the powers to avoid losing out and allowing each other to form key east-west or north-south axes. Still though, according to Professor Brigitte Reinwald from the University of Hanover, Germany was ambitious. Also, dass man im Prinzip da von der Ausgangslage auszugehen hatte, Germany was actually destined to get a relatively large portion of Africa but never a united stretch of colonies, like in West Africa, for example, where French colonial expansion was designed to conquer a connected area with extreme losses for native populations. Unter extremen Verlusten einheimischer Bevölkerungen ein zusammenhängendes Gebiet zu erobern. So, what about the Caprivi Strip? Well, German Southwest Africa, today's Namibia, was isolated from German East Africa, today's Tanzania. Separating them were the British protectorates of Bechuanaland, or today's Botswana, and northern and southern Rhodesia, Zambia and Zimbabwe, respectively. So, in 1890, German Chancellor von Caprivi negotiated with Britain for a strip of land that would allow German access through Southwest Africa to the Zambezi River, which Germany knew mouthed across the continent in East Africa. Germany had the fourth largest colonial empire, but it was also the colonial empire that had no internal connections at all. There were ideas that you could create corridors to make it possible, in principle, to have intercommunal connections. But that was an illusion. For this potential trade corridor, 
Germany agreed to recognize British influence over Zanzibar, just off the coast of German East Africa, and Germany would get the tiny naval base of Heligoland in the North Sea off the German coast. This became known as the 1890 Heligoland-Zanzibar Treaty between Britain and Germany. There was just one small, well actually big, problem. Just 40 kilometers east of where the Caprivi Strip ended, the mighty Mosi Oatunya, also known as Victoria Falls, rose out of the ground. This magnificent natural wonder rendered the Zambezi River unnavigable, and the German plan was scuppered. It is not known whether the British intentionally had the deal play out like this, but the episode damaged Caprivi, and he was derided for swapping an empire for tiny Heligoland. Still, the lines were drawn, and between the lines were over a dozen ethnic groups who spoke over a dozen languages. And but for a few kilometers, they suddenly found themselves in four different countries. While the Caprivi Strip remained relatively peaceful during colonialism, mainly because Germany had limited interest in the area, this would change when Germany lost its colonies at the 1919 Treaty of Versailles. Namibia, or Southwest Africa, became a mandate of South Africa, with a view of becoming independent down the line. But this never really happened. Instead, South Africa would introduce its apartheid policies and made the Caprivi rulers a puppet regime. And from the 1960s, the Caprivi Strip's geopolitical location meant it was a hotbed of war and incursions between South African military forces and liberation fighters launching cross-border raids related to the Angolan Civil War, the Border War, and the Rhodesian Bush War. That's three separate conflicts, which had very little to do with the people actually living there and everything to do with foreign powers trying to assert dominance over the region. The guns only fell silent in the late 1990s, after a brief attempt by local Caprivians to secede from the newly independent Namibia in 1997 failed. The Caprivi Strip is just one example of European drawn borders that cause conflict to this day. And there are more than you might think. In fact, every former German colony has at least one border dispute rooted in colonial era treaties signed without any Africans present. In Cameroon, the Bakassi conflict erupted in the 2000s between Nigeria and Cameroon over the Bakassi Peninsula. Here, Nigerian nationals had lived for generations on land claimed by Cameroon based on colonial-era agreements. Sporadic clashes still occur, despite the International Court of Justice ruling in Cameroon's favor. The former German colony of Togo, which borders modern-day Ghana, was also divided between France and Britain in 1919. This separation was actually rejected by the local airway people, who now found themselves in two separate countries. British Togoland, or Western Togoland, was then incorporated into Ghana in 1956 after a vote. However, the airway majority regions actually vote to remain under United Nations mandate. 
To this day, some era groups have advocated for autonomy. Togolese professor Gilbert Dotze-Yigbe of the University of Lome explains the roots of this dynamic can be traced to the Berlin Conference of 1884. The problems were already there at the beginning of the colonial period because the larger Togo was also so arbitrary. The borders were drawn up in Berlin without any consideration for local conditions. And after the First World War, this colonial arbitrariness continued, with France and Great Britain dividing the German colony according to their own colonial interests. And for example, I have family relatives in Ghana, but they are Ghanaian citizens, they have a Ghanaian passport, and they speak English. And I'm sitting here and I'm called a Togolese citizen and I speak French. And officially, at least, not connected to them. And in Tanzania, there is a long-running dispute with Malawi over who controls Lake Malawi, or Lake Nyasa, as Tanzanians call it. It's Africa's third largest lake, and control of its water, navigation rights, and fisheries has huge implications for the people that live around it in Tanzania and Malawi. One third of Malawi's territory actually consists of the lake, and much of its national identity is linked to Lake Malawi. But thanks to the 1890 Heligoland Zanzibar Treaty, the very same that created the Caprivi Strip, there is a dispute over where the border lies. Very basically, according to the treaty, the border runs along the Tanzanian shore. Tanzania argues that the boundary should be in line with numerous other borders and agreements regarding lakes and run through the middle. These two irreconcilable positions lay dormant until 2011 when Malawi allowed oil exploration in Tanzania's claimed area of the lake. And while Germany is no longer directly involved in any of these disputes, the consequences of German colonial-era treaties are still being felt today, in all of its former colonies. The artificial boundaries divided people and disrupted indigenous systems, even if they were not peaceful, and were drawn up specifically to benefit European powers, says Professor Reinwald. Das Ziel der Berliner, um the goal of the Berlin Conference had been to reach a peaceful agreement on these conquered territories and the blank areas that were yet to be conquered, and not to provoke a war in Europe. And that meant a very difficult balance for diplomacy between great military rivals like England and France. Redrawing colonial-era boundaries isn't popular. With the 1964 Cairo Resolution, this time conducted by the Organization of African Unity, today's African Union, freezing colonial-era borders. Shadows of German Colonialism was brought to you by DW with support from the German Federal Foreign Office. I'm Kai Nebe.